I think John picks up on an essential element that we've learned in a new and fresh way this past year. And that is the importance and the advantages of being face to face. I personally didn't realize how much I took that for granted until I no longer had it available. And after realizing how important it was to me and how much I took it for granted, every moment like this, listening to your voices, seeing the chats online, doing these things has become so much more valuable to me. I mean, John's words, if you, if you want to look at them, they're just at the very conclusion of 2 John, that, that little letter down in verse 12 and verse 13. He says, though I have many things to write to you, I don't want to use paper and ink. Instead, I hope to come to you and talk face to face so that our joy may be complete. The children of your elect sister send you greetings. I can hope to come to you and talk face to face. The relationships that change and transform our lives, the relationships that God uses to work in us and to enable us to see his grace and to see his mercy. This morning as our Bible study calendar rolled forward, most of our classes were studying about church leadership this morning, and so I was requested to make visits in our children's department and went from one class to the next to one group session to the next before service and visited with the kids, and they got a chance to ask questions, and, and they asked a lot of the normal questions. Somebody has obviously let their kid watch live stream because he, he looked up and he said, Pastor James, you have confessed that you're afraid of the dark. Have you grown out of it yet? And the, the truth is not really. The lightning was pretty bad last night and it was just kind of creepy. I mean, dark is just creepy. Um, it's just, you know, I'm just not quite there yet. As we talked about church leadership, we talked about the influence of friends. And then one of, the, one of the children asked me, she said, she said, Pastor James, why do you like to come to church? Which I, I thought was actually good. Her assumption was that I did like to come to church, which I assume means she likes to come to church and she's happy in our children's ministry and glad to be with the other kids and glad to be with the workers as they love them and, and teach them and guide them and, and coach them. But as I thought about that question on the spur of the moment, it's the same conclusion I come to when I listen to you sing as I just did on that last song or as I pull into the parking lot and see you, see you coming into the building. I just like to be with the people. I just like being face to face in, in person. And I, I'm grateful. I don't, I don't want to be misunderstood. I am grateful that during such a difficult time, we were able to capture and use current technology to make it easier to continue to connect in some form or another. But there is nothing like being in person.
And that's exactly all, that's all John says. And, I, and believe it or not, somebody actually looked at the notes early and said, you got five points out of those two verses. They were a little surprised. Um, if you've been under the teaching, my teaching for a while, you know that that may not be such a surprise. But there's five things I think that John recognizes as he's writing this letter, as he's missing these people, as he wants to be with this church. He, he says there, there's, there's these, these areas that can only happen if we're together. And the first one is dialogue. It's just a little phrase in verse 12, though I have many things to write to you. That happens to me all the time. I, I, I sit down to write a note, because I do believe in and I do like handwritten sentiments. I'm in agreement with Kevin James on that one. I like to do that, I like to send cards, I like to get cards. I, you know, and, but there are just times when it seems so limiting when it seems so difficult to put all of your expression in words and you just want to have that dialogue, you just want to have that conversation. I, I find myself doing this a lot of times with my wife and with my kids and, and with our staff that I'll think of something and I want to tell them that. And I've had to learn as a pastor who has an increasingly younger staff, I've had to learn to communicate on text, which is not my forte. Do you know how hard it is to, to leave everything I want to say in a text? It's just, it's just tough. And especially since I have not quite mastered the double thumb thing, and so I'm still going one at a time. And so it's, it's taken me a while to do this. And so I'll call them, hoping they don't answer. Because <laughs> I don't really want to talk to them. I just want to leave them a message with all the verbiage. Okay, let me just clarify real quick. If you're on staff, that doesn't mean you can ignore my phone calls when I come in. It, it just means that sometimes I just want to say something. It's, it's dialogue, it's conversation. It, it amazes me how many times when we are in the process of looking at something as leadership and, and we're, we're discussing it and we're looking at it and most of that's happening by email and it's happening by sharing documents and things and then we, we kind of get to this point where we're just sort of, we're like dead center. We just can't really go forward, can't really back up. We're just, we're not getting where we want to go and we sit down in a room and we start talking and then the sheer collaboration creates this creativeness that is unparalleled in any other place. And suddenly ideas that were good become great. Suddenly concepts and, and arrangements and logistics and, and planning that was stagnant becomes exciting and exhilarating. I, I understand John's sentiment, I understand it completely. He loves these people. That's been clear as we've studied 2 John. He loves them, he cares for them, and as he comes to what is now our verse 12, he's closing out that letter. He simply says, there's so many things I want to tell you. There's so many things I want to talk about, and I can't do it in this form. I can't do it through this venue. There's so many more things I want to discuss with you. Conversation. Even if you're not intrinsically an extroverted person, just talking to someone, even if it's brief, even if it's quiet, even if it's, it's in a very gentle fashion and not a, an overly exuberant fashion, is healthy and enjoyable. A huge benefit to face-to-face -face conversations is the dialogue that takes place. It's also the intimacy of that dialogue. It's a simple phrase again, he just simply says in verse 12, 
I don't want to use paper and ink. He recognizes that he could converse this way, but his preference is to sit down with them. Because no matter how hard we try, paper and ink has always been insufficient to create the kind of intimacy that God designed us for. I mean, understand this about who we are as a person. God created us out of nothing. God knelt down into the soil that he had created by his voice and began to touch it and shape it and move it and interact with it. And that became man. And God wanted man to have intimacy and personal relationships as well. And so he enters into an extremely intimate relationship with man and in that process takes his rib and creates woman. I don't know that anything in the history of the world has been created as intimately as we were by the handiwork and craftsmanship of God. And we don't think that rubbed off on us in some way? That there's not some intrinsic to the very creation we are that we desire, we want intimacy, we want personal connection, we want to be involved with somebody, we want to belong, we want to have touch, we want to have conversation, we want to hear those words. None of this means that the opportunities we have in in a very technological generation aren't adequate. In fact, we should utilize all of that to its maximum potential. We, I can't even begin to go over all the ways you can connect with us as a church now. You can connect with us through multiple social media. You can subscribe to YouTube and be notified every single time we put up a message, every time we put up a teaching, every time we put up a story, and we're working on new stories and sharing new stories out of our congregation that'll help us in our life and, and connect us with people. I would, if I was a member of this church, which I am, not just because I'm employed, but because I want to be here, I would subscribe to YouTube in a heartbeat. I am not on social media, but if I was on social media, the first place I would follow was First Baptist Church Tomball, and I would go to Instagram because the quickest, fastest way to know what's happening and what's taking place and what's coming up and and to to again see stories and and hear scriptures and, and quotes that encourage me is on Instagram. I I would immediately sign up for Facebook. Now, I'm gonna make a qualification. I'm not endorsing those companies, but I am endorsing the venues. You can go on Facebook and you can see pictures of our kids, you can see things that are happening, you can see recaps, you can get information about what's going to happen, and you can make friends in that limited fashion. And so all of this message isn't about how horrible technology is. There's a tendency sometimes to make that assumption when we talk about these kind of relationships and particularly being face-to-face. I would do that. I would participate in it. I would want to know what's going on. I would switch to Spotify, again, not because we're endorsing the company, but because the easiest way to access our messages if you're out of town or you're on a trip or you, and you don't have time to watch video and you want to just listen in your car, you want to just listen to a podcast, the easiest way to do that is on our Spotify channel where you can get that immediately and clearly and access it. I, w- I would make sure that the church has my email contact Whatever whatever age I was, if I had an email, I would make sure the church office had it because 
Clearly, internally, the best way to know what's going on is to be connected through the subscriptions of email and get those electronic updates and, and information and registrations and things that need to take place. I would download the church app. I would go to whether my Android account or my Apple account, whichever one it is, and I would download the app. You can't miss it. You type in First Baptist Church Tomball and you look at it. It's right there. It's our logo. You can't miss it. Our logo happens to be that design directly behind me. So in case you're like, I'm not sure what it looks like, let me just remind you real quick. It's right there. It's, you know, and I would go there because I can see events. I can pick up the messages there if I want to. I can pick up a directory in case I see somebody that I know and I want to give them a call. I can find that information there. I would connect. Technology has made, and that's not even all of them. One of these days, we're going to put out a menu of, of opportunities and ways you can connect so that everybody can find their best means to be connected. I would do all of that. And I am not in any way downgrading that, but I'm saying there is something inside of us that craves to see, potentially even reach out and touch the person we're talking to. I mean, everybody has their preferences. Mine's coffee. You know, I can't think of a better place to talk to somebody than over a cup of coffee. And the reality is, I don't need a place. If I've got a cup of coffee, I'm happy. I, 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 I can sit in the middle of the field and drink coffee with my best friends and be happy. Or I can sit inside a house, or I can sit in a coffee shop, or I can sit in a restaurant, or I can sit in my office, or I can sit in our break room, or I can sit in the connection center. I, it just helps me to have that cup in front of me. Intimacy. Dialogue, intimacy, and just simple connection. And that's what I'm talking about in verse 12. He says, instead, instead of all these things I want to say to you being written down, instead I hope to come to you and talk face to face. The last part of verse 12 there. I hope to come to you and talk face to face. He, he wants the connection. He wants to be, the belong. And he, and, he, and he has a relationship with them. But relationships need to be sustained and connection allows us to sustain those relationships. I woke up this morning. I crawled out of bed. I wasn't particularly happy about the morning. It had nothing to do with you all. It was just in general. I had worked hard doing some stuff on Thursday and I don't understand the mechanics or the physical nature of it, why I don't hurt that day, why I don't hurt the next day, and sometimes even the next day. But boy, that third morning when I wake up after doing that much physical effort, it hurts. It just hurts. And if you guys aren't there yet, it's coming. But Taylor's shaking her head. It's there already, isn't it? It just hurts. You play a hard volleyball game three days from now, it's going to be tough. I, I, I get that. And I'm sitting on the side of my bed and I'm thinking, as soon as I get to my coffee, now my closest friends are laughing because I drink exclusively decaf. <laughs> for, for, for decades now, my doctor wants me drinking only decaf. And they're like, why do you need to have coffee first thing in the morning if it's decaf? I don't know. It's a comfort drink. I don't, I don't have a good explanation for it. Maybe it's left over from all those days when I drank multiple pots of caffeinated coffee all the time. I mean, Josh even sent me a note this week. Our worship pastor sent me a note this week out of his love and out of his affection. It was instructions on how to drink decaffeinated coffee. <laughs> Step one, pour it down the drain. <laughs> Step two, Make a pot of real coffee. <laughs> Step three, drink the real coffee. 
I felt the love, buddy. But he knows. He knows how much I love to just sit over a cup of coffee and talk. We're designed for intimacy. We're designed for connection. We want to be. It feels good to belong someplace. It feels, it feels good to know that this is a home. And in church life, we, we still follow a pretty traditional pathway where you actually join and you can be an official member of the church. But even in an early casual relationship, knowing that you have a place to go, you know, the truth is, once I get over that initial shock of the pain and the grogginess after the alarm goes off and I look up, I'm ready to interact and I'm ready to interact because what has happened in those moments in the past encouraged me now. So I got distracted a little bit. You're wondering what I was going to tell you I was doing while I was sitting on the side of the bed. I was looking at a plaque that my wife recently hung on the closet door immediately in front of my face. And it says, the only thing better than falling in love is staying there. Isn't that the truth? We talk, when we talk connection, it's, it, it starts with a card that you fill out. It starts with an online um, card that you send us information or an email that gives us information. It starts with an introduction where I say, this is my name and this is your name. It starts with that. But the connection that John has, the, the connection that makes him so desperately want to go and be with these people, that connection happens over time. It's the long-term building of relationship. And then there's what I'm going to simply going to call windfall in the very last part of verse 12 when he says, so that our joy may be complete. I love that little phrase. I love the way John recognizes this is what he wants, but all of them are going to benefit. Everybody's going to benefit from them. Our joy may be complete. There is inevitably probably somebody at this point, and I didn't intend to do this, and I didn't clear this with the communications office or anybody else. This is just sort of happening this morning. But somebody's thinking, wow, he's really pushing for church membership. He really wants us to sign up for these things. Somebody has already come to the conclusion that this, instead of being a Bible study, is an infomercial for the church. It's, it's not. It honestly isn't. It's just this is my life. This is, this is what I love most, and, and this is where I am the deepest connected with anybody. This is where I have most of my dialogues. This is where I have my closest, most personal relationships. And this is the place where the windfall is most often experienced for me because it is the corporate joy. It's not just the happiness I have, but it's the happiness we have. Everybody wins with face-to-face. -face. And I know we can come up with any, other, any number of exclusions to that or exceptions to that. We always can with anything. With anything that's good and positive, we can find something that's negative. But for the most part, in real, solid, authentic relationships, everybody wins. When you sing out, you may have been receiving joy yourself, but I'm over here on the front row and I'm receiving joy hearing you. And you don't know. There are, there are times when 
just like you, I've come to church and maybe things in my personal life are difficult or hard and maybe I'm facing tough financial decisions or maybe I'm dealing with any number of things and in that moment, it doesn't necessarily feel joyful but we cut into a song that talks about the peace of God or we cut into a song that talks about the goodness of God or we talk, cut into a song about how wonderful our Savior is and I'm sitting there spectating until I start to hear the people around me sing. And it draws me back in. The joy of face-to-face is a corporate experience. It's not about what I'm going to receive. It's about what we're going to receive. And then, quite honestly, I love the very last part in verse 13. Because it describes the uniqueness, I believe, of Christian community. That community is expressed by John as he writes to this church And he tells them these things. Hey, I miss you. I want to see you. I have more to say than I possibly can in this letter. And so I am hoping and looking forward to being with you face to face. And when I do, we're all going to be happy. We're all going to experience joy. And then he says, and everyone else here sends their greetings. The church is a kingdom enterprise. It was never, it's never been designed for one place. And that phrase, just just to real quickly help you understand the unique language of John, the children of your elect sister, that that is a that is John, I believe John is using this terminology to describe local churches. And so if you were to write it in 2021, you would say the local church here sends their greetings to you if you were writing to a church in a different location. It ought to make us happy every time we drive by a church and there are people meeting. It ought to make us joyful to know that right now in every time zone across the world, somebody's praying, somebody's studying the Bible, somebody's worshiping because the church is a kingdom community. It's never about just us. Yes, I can honestly and probably have given the impression this morning that I think First Baptist Church, Tombaugh, is the best place on the face of the earth and the best church. And candidly, I do. (laughs) But I don't do that, I don't think that at the exclusion of the kingdom community. We're a part of a lot of churches. And a lot of people's lives are being transformed today because somebody in a church somewhere in the world is inviting somebody to have a conversation about how Jesus can change their life everywhere. The church becomes the perfect example of joining something bigger than ourselves. And that's even bigger than us here. It's worldwide. It always has been since the day Jesus told his disciples who were all so excited about being together who had worked through a lot of their anxieties and their questions and their relational difficulties, he said, go into all the world. One of the great things about face-to-face in the church is it happens globally. It happens very intimately and personally here, but it happens worldwide. That's the celebration we have. That's the way Jesus has transformed us. And there's no better way to describe it than to use the biblical terminology of how Jesus paid everything on our behalf 
By trusting in him, all my sins can be forgiven. All, my, all the things that I needed to correct can be corrected. And I can now live in a healthy, authentic, biblically-based relationship with the people in my lives. Because Jesus changed me and Jesus is changing them. And we're all better for it.